Hello everyone, welcome to Retro Encounter episode 346. My name is John O'Logan and I want to be a pirate. My name is Mike Solosi and I want to be a pirate. My name is Hilary Andreff and I want to be a ghost pirate. Oh. Uh. Ghost pirate, uh, Andreff. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, yeah, uh, I'm hosting today. This is uh, Jonathan Logan hosting, but don't worry, uh, Solosi is here too. And the reason why uh, I'm hosting and uh, we're all, you know, going to be talking about this Secret of Monkey Island game is because it's Adventure Game Month here at Retro Encounter. Uh, and Solosi has graciously given over a bunch of episodes to showcase, uh, you know, some of uh, the greatest adventure games of all time and to give uh, two of RPG fans' biggest adventure game buffs, Hillary and I, a chance to uh, geek out hard on uh, on adventure games. Yay. Uh, as we do whenever we get together. I, I refer you to the random episode a few <laughs> weeks ago about the art of point-and-click adventure games. That was so much fun. And a really good book. So, yes, grab your adventuring caps. Yeah. Um, so to get started on this adventure game month, we we really went through like the history of adventure games and talked about what games we want to play. And do we want like a CR game? Do we want LucasArts? And uh, we wanted to distill it down to different eras. Uh, and in the, the classic, the golden era, I guess you could say of adventure games. I think that most people think of this one, the secret of monkey Island as like, in my mind anyway, like the definitive adventure game of the era. It, it uh, was the culmination of all of the development on the scum engine up to this point it refined the LucasArts model of adventure game. Uh, it was the first one to do so, so, so many things. Uh, and I just adore this game. Uh, Hillary, what's your history with the series? Um, so I think we talked a little bit about this on the, you know, Art of Point and Click episode. But I, when these games were being developed and originally released, I played primarily Sierra games, mostly. Um, so I played... I think Secret of Monkey Island was the only Monkey Island game I played back like in that era. And then I kind of checked out a couple of the others a little bit more recently, but didn't have a ton of time. So kind of put them aside. So Secret is the only one I finished, actually, but loved it. Um, I have a lot of kind of background knowledge, I'd say, about LucasArts and about the series just because I've been so interested in adventure games in general. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Solosi, how about you? Do you have any history with the series at all? Uh, basically zero. I was aware of the LucasArts and Sierra games during their heyday, uh, a little bit after the fact. I sort of knew of them as PC games that were really funny and looked like uh, real drawn-to-life cartoons. But I, I mostly knew of them through uh, by reputation only. I got a couple of them on Steam or PSN uh, more in the most in the past, I don't know, ten years or so. But the only one I really played in that LucasArts catalog was uh, Full Throttle, which I played yes. most of most of with a friend um, on his PC in the mid '90s sometime. That's and a I good thought, choice. I, yeah, no, I thought it was, I was quite entranced by it, and I uh, I didn't even remember the name of it until. Uh, many years later uh, reading about uh, the, the LucasArts catalog. Um, and I did play Grim Fandango for the podcast uh, some years ago, I, I think 2017, but I'd have to check the the feed for that. So I, I only know, I know LucasArts games mostly by reputation. I have played a couple, but this is my first time making a sincere effort to play through Secret of Monkey Island. Cool. Uh, my history with it is, uh, I think I, I told this story on the uh art of point and click adventure games episode uh when i was a kid i found like uh the treasure chest of LucasArts adventure games in a in a sales bin at walmart and uh but that collection didn't have monkey island that collection it was uh day of the tentacle 
Fate of Atlantis and Sam and Max. Um, but that really got me interested in adventure games. Plus, I played Maniac Mansion on the NES as a kid. It was my favorite NES game. Um, and then I, I saw like uh, screenshots of The Curse of Monkey Island in video game magazines around this time, and the game just looked astoundingly good. The graphics were amazing. They were it was a it was a cartoon come to life. You were playing a cartoon, um, and I picked it up, and I absolutely loved the game. And that put me on the path to finding. Uh, the first two games in the series, which was The Secret of Monkey Island and Monkey Island 2 LeChuck's Revenge. And I devoured them. I just adored the games. Uh, and yeah, it started a, uh, a a love affair with this series. Um, so these are not necessarily foundational games for me, but there are games that I always identified with, uh, partially because I kind of look a lot like Guybrush Threepwood. Um, so like as a kid, I was like, he looks like me. I want to be a flooring inspector when I grow up. Um <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I, I, I think I think the games are great. And I think the first game is just about one of the greatest point and click adventure games ever made, um, which arguably is eclipsed by its sequel. But it's still a brilliant, brilliant standalone game. Um, and it's also a uh, it's a very, very important game in video game history. So uh, a little bit about the, the history of Monkey Island is uh, the game was developed between 1988 and 1990 by the legendary LucasArts point-and-click adventure game developers, uh, Ron Gilbert and Dave Grossman. Uh, Tim Schafer also played a major role in this, and Tim Schafer went on to uh, uh, to be the lead designer of games like uh, Day of the Tentacle and, and Full Throttle, as a matter of fact. And Grim uh, Fandango. <laughs> and Grim Fandango, yes. Um, but Ron Gilbert, uh, who is the uh, creator of Maniac Mansion, which is, I would argue, one of the most influential games in history. I mean, Ron Gilbert was the one who coined the phrase uh, cutscene in Maniac Mansion. Like it set the stage for not just the majority of other LucasArts adventure games, but also for really any game that had a narrative in it. Um, But Monkey Island is where he really started to uh, refine his ideas about where he wanted the gameplay for point and click adventure games to go. For example, he always hated uh, in Sierra games being able to die. (laughs) Um, So this is the first game where you are, uh, incapable of dying uh, unless you try really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Y- you can, if you try really hard, you can die, but it's, it's a challenge. Um, and also, I mean, Dave Grossman, who is uh, one of the writers, uh, he wrote a lot of the dialogue uh, along with Tim Schafer. And he, I, I would consider him one of the greatest writers of point and click adventure games ever, like secret of monkey Island, Chuck's revenge day of the tentacle. Um, so the game was really inspired by pirates of the Caribbean which was one of uh, which which was one of uh, uh, Ron Gilbert's favorite rides. So you can really feel that influence in the game. He he kind of wanted it to be like, what if you could talk to the characters in Pirates of the Caribbean? Um, and it, I mean, funny enough, now uh, the Monkey Island series is actually owned by Disney. Um, and there was a talk of a movie uh, in the very late '90s, which I believe was. Uh, I believe was canceled partially because of the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. So, I mean, in an alternate reality, we could have a Monkey Island movie franchise right now starring Johnny Depp as Guybrush Threepwood, which would be, yeah, well, I mean, he was, he was pretty good as a, as the, at that kind of character in uh, Ed Wood, but <laughs> maybe Orlando Bloom would work slightly better. Orlando Bloom would, be, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Orlando Bloom would have been a damn good Guybrush Threepwood. <laughs> Maybe uh, Johnny Depp could play LeChuck. Oh, yeah. And Orlando Blue. 
we, we, we keep the cast of Pirates of the Caribbean, but shuffle it around a little bit. I could see Karen Knightley being Elaine. Just yeah. <laughs> I nominate Martin Freeman as Bob the Ghost Pirate. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, Secret of Monkey Island was the fifth game to use the Scum engine. Uh, it brought several refinements to the engine uh, as compared to games like uh, Maniac Mansion or Loom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you've ever played a point-and-click adventure game, you definitely know what the deal is here you combine a verb from the bottom uh, menu with an item or hotspot on the screen uh i mean today it feels pretty obvious and pretty simplistic but it was cutting edge ui back in the 1990s and then there was a remake of this game that released in 2009 that coincided with uh the then final entry of the series tales of monkey island uh, released by telltale studios and uh this Re-release had brand new uh, illustrated graphics. It had a full orchestration of the score, which is fantastic because this game has so, the music so damn good in this game. Uh, and it added voice acting from many of the actors who played the characters in the uh, latter entries of the series, including uh, Dominic Armado, who I think is still just the perfect Guybrush Threepwood. Like whenever I close my eyes and imagine Guybrush, that's the voice I hear. Yeah, that 2009 special edition is uh, how I played the game on over Steam. And I, the, the scum engine, which I have done a little bit of research on over the, over the years, it, it really, uh, it, 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 it's, it's like a modern adventure game or visual novel that I have played, but I think it's also like a bridge between text adventures and Mm -hmm. a classic Mm -hmm. adventure game because of, you know, a text adventure having, you know, you know, players enter their own verbs and actions and then the game interpreting those well, but uh, while with, with, with scum condensing that a little bit and, and letting the players know what the, what the verb toolkit is uh, right. ba- basically um, it, it removes some of the powerlessness you feel in a, when you're totally lost in a text adventure. Yeah. And I mean, the, the verb interface has gone through many iterations and refinements since then, like in, in full throttle, uh, Tim Schafer condensed it, the verb interface down into the uh, verb coin, where you had like, I think it was talk, use, and kick, um, and that was used. Yeah, that's such a good game, uh, and that was used also in Curse of Monkey Island and other games past that. Um, the verb interface was uh, used uh, in actually Ron Gilbert's last before okay well return to monkey island just got released but his game before that was thimbleweed park which was his the central conceit of it was this is a it's going to be like a lost lucasarts adventure game uh from around the same period as maniac mansion so that uses uh verbs i did Um, a i did an e3 interview for thimbleweed park in 2016 or 2017 and it was uh and uh it it, it 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 was great and uh ransom the insult ca- clown is a an early favorite character from that but I, yeah. but I i haven't played it through to the end i mean that's a that's a candidate for a future episode of retro encounter because it's uh <laughs> it's not just i mean it's sort of retro now but also it's such a throwback to those ages mm-hmm. um it's a very well, deliberate throwback absolutely yep. yeah it's it's very good it's a very very mm-hmm. good game um anyway this remake uh not just introduced had like better graphics and things like that it also it got rid of the uh, verb and inventory interface at the very bottom of the screen. It's now full screen, and you can you can bring them up, uh, the verbs and the inventory up as menus instead. This sometimes works. I found myself <laughs> irritated by it more often than not. Like I really did mm. miss the the old interface. 
Um, there, but, there, yeah, there were some timed puzzles where it was just like, no. Oh, damn, the grog puzzle. Yeah, yep. yeah. Th- there were shortcuts that made it uh, a lot easier, like like I to bring up inventory, V to bring up verbs, U to shortcut to use, P yep. to shortcut to p- to pick up. Uh, yeah. Pushing and pulling was still annoying, but the uh, <laughs> oh, but, but but for uh, for the most part, um, the keyboard interface for the 2009 version of Monkey Island, I, it took some getting used to, but I was. I, I, I figured it out, uh, but I have to admit a lot of the time I was, my plan was to just do as well as I could on my own. But when I started to get frustrated, check a guide just so I wouldn't, mm-hmm. just so this game wouldn't take me two weeks to play. Yep. Um, and I ended up checking a guide quite a bit, especially in chapter three, but, uh, but, but I, but I, I, I got there. I, I mean, I, I, I sometimes uh, really resent the, opaqueness of of adventure game logic but uh i don't think this game is the worst um uh the worst worst (laughs) culprit of that not 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 at all there's no goat puzzle right there is one puzzle that we'll we'll get to it but there's one puzzle in this game that in this run through when i was playing it uh last week i got stuck on and i couldn't remember it and then when i find i I eventually said okay i i screw it i need to i know what it is uh, I looked it up and instantly, not only did I remember, but I also remembered that's the exact same puzzle I really got stuck on. I think the first time I played it and it gave me this like insane, like moment of nostalgia and irritation um, <laughs> that it was uh, that even after all these years, this one puzzle, my brain will not, my brain will not logic that way. Um, and uh, another really cool feature about the remake is that you can switch between the remake and the original on the fly. Uh, by pre- pressing F10, and it just kind of the the screen will uh, will zoom out, and the old interface will appear at the bottom, and you'll be you'll have wonderful pixel graphics again. And to be completely honest, I think I almost would prefer to play the game this way, except that you can't play the original with the really really great voice acting. I feel like if the original could have the voice acting, that's how I would have preferred to play the game, but it doesn't. So I played it in the I played it in the remake style, which is fine. It's beautiful in some places. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, let's let's dive right into uh, the the narrative of Monkey Island. So we're just gonna I'm gonna walk us through the game. Uh, we're not going to spoil all the puzzles because a that would ruin the game for listeners, and b it would take many many hours because there are some very intricate puzzle uh, intricate puzzles in this game. So uh, we're gonna focus on the the broad strokes and the best moments and things that really stuck with us. So uh, the game opens with part one, the three trials. And uh, Guybrush Threepwood arrives on Melee Island, uh, and the very first words he speak are the ones that we spoke at the beginning of this episode, which is, my name is Guybrush Threepwood, and I want to be a pirate. Uh, and he says this to the lookout of Melee Island, and the, the lookout directs him down to the Scum Bar. And uh, there he is told that in order to become a pirate, he needs to pass the three trials, which are thievery, swordplay, and treasure huntery. Um, and you also learn about the ghost pirate LeChuck, who is an undead pirate who haunts the seven seas uh, is his, his base is on monkey Island and uh, he is in love with the governor of Mela Island, governor Marley. So uh, the very first trial is, I, this is the order that I did them. You can do them in any order and arguably you kind of do them all at the same time because you know, you, some puzzle solutions are on the path of others. Uh, the first one I did was thievery. So for thievery, you need to steal the idol of many hands from Governor Marley's mansion. Um, so while you're exploring the island, you meet uh, the ill-tempered sheriff, Fester Shinetop, who takes an in- instant dislike to you. Uh, and you head up to the uh, the governor's mansion. 
you only fi to find it defended by a pack of deadly poodles um, who you cannot get by unless you need to figure out a way to knock them or to, to put the, put them out of the picture. So uh, excuse me, it's uh, a piranha a, poodles. Yeah, it, it's, it's piranha a poodles. Yes, it's a pack of deadly piranha poodles. <laughs> and uh, eventually, you figure out the way to do it is to drug them. Uh, which gives you a nice little disclaimer saying, these dogs are not dead. They are, they are sleeping. They are sleeping. <laughs> Please don't get angry with us. Um, so after you manage to knock them out, you enter the mansion uh, and engage in this. I think it's I think it's one of the funniest damn cutscenes in the entire it's game. Great. Where uh, you go, you walk into a door and rather than switch to a new screen, uh, Guybrush, the game kind of takes over. And Guybrush ends up in this series of adventure game logic puzzles that you play no part in, uh, where it's like use the use the file on the rhino toenails and use the gopher repellent on the on the 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 uh, herd of uh, ravenous gophers. And I, I it, think it, you have to hypnotize the rhino first. Yes, and, well, uh, you the, do. And, otherwise, they'll trample you. Yeah, That's and, adventure there, game and there's also a clown and elephant and those gophers. And uh, but it all happens behind a closed door. And I am just what reading this in horror and 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 and, <laughs> and, and grateful that I don't have to figure these out myself. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately, this is one of those puzzles that doesn't work as well in the remake. It works amazingly well in the, it's not even a puzzle, it's a cutscene uh, that works really well on the original because you can actually see the items being added to your inventory and see the verb uh, interface being used by the game. So it becomes this brilliant little parody of the entire point and click adventure game genre where you don't see anything. Um, anyway, so af after you get the ha your hands on the idol, uh, you meet the governor, Elaine, and you are instantly tongue-tied by her beauty. And for some reason, she really seems to like you. And and by tongue-tied, we mean your dialogue options are things like... Yeah, yeah, no. All of Guybrush's dialogue options in that conversation are stutters or nonsense. And uh, and uh, remarkably, Governor Marley is interested in him, despite his uh, his incredible lack of confidence. She's like pretend offended at some of them. She's like, "Well, I guess you don't want to talk to me." But then she like continues talking to him later. She just is very, very charmed by Guyver Streepwood, who I imagine is a, a nice change of pace from the, the average pirate on the island. I, I think she can tell that he is sincere and is tr and is trying and is a decent person, which is probably not her usual company on Melee no. Island. But it, it, it's still uh, a, a pretty awesome uh, set of non-dialogue to behold. Mm-hmm. Um, well, after after she walks away and Guybrush is embarrassed because he didn't say anything, uh, he's intercepted by Sheriff Shinetop, who intends to kill you by throwing you into the ocean tied to the idol that you stole. Uh, this is arguably the funniest puzzle in the game because Guybrush, famously, Guybrush can hold his breath for 10 minutes. Uh, so within 10 minutes, you need to figure out some way to get free of the idol. And there are dozens of cutting implements just out of reach. So how can you get away? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not going to spoil the solution to this puzzle, but it's one of the it's one of those moments you, where I you're mean, like, you, I mean, you you can spoil it. We spoil everything on this podcast. Okay, it, it's brilliant. Which is it's it's a little tiny idol, so you just pick it up, put it in your pocket, and walk away. It's, you put it it's, in your inventory, it's, and, it's not, and it's no longer restricting you. <laughs> it's 
really freaking funny. <laughs> and it's one, it's the one moment in the game where if you really want to try hard to kill yourself, you, can. you just wait 10 minutes and yep. Guybrush will die. But in, in, in the very beginning of the game, Guybrush does tell the lookout yep. uh, uh, I that um, well, I can hold my breath for 10 whole minutes. Like it's, it's his special talent. So it, 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 I'm glad that that did uh, factor into the story at one point. Yeah, the continuity is just, I don't know. I'm impressed by it. Yep. Like looking at this game again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right after you come out, uh, you run into Elaine, who has come to save you, and uh, the two of you instantly fall in love uh, with some really great, uh, really great uh, romantic dialogue, including you calling her Plunder Bunny, which is just amazing. I, I wish I had done the thievery trial first. It was the last of the three I did. and oh, uh, so you missed the cutscene. I missed that cutscene. What, what happened was I, I done um, uh, swordplay, then treasure huntery, oh, yep. and then this and then, and then this one. And so what happens is when I when I uh, pick up the idol and get back onto the dock, I see, uh, uh, what's his name? LeChuck, LeChuck's ghost uh, yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah. LeChuck's ship uh, sailing away. And, I, and I'm told that uh, Governor Marley had been captured. Yeah. Which is a shame because it's a very funny scene and sort of sets up their relationship. It's a weird, I think it's a, I think it's an oversight um, in terms, I think it's a bug, sort of, but. It's there. Um, anyway, so if you have that scene, though, uh, you are left being highly motivated to complete the other two trials as fast as possible and get to the mansion as fast as possible. Um, so yeah, that's the uh, that's the thievery section, and I mean, I think it's a, I think it's a great series of puzzles. It's it's great. It introduces uh, Elaine, who is an awesome character in every single Monkey Island. Uh, Elaine is an awesome character. Their introduction is hysterically funny. And the the parody of point and click adventure games is just brilliant. And this is the section that really like gets some of that meta commentary, like meta jokes, mm-hmm. which is something that Monkey Island is known for. It's the the combination that while it's taking place in the late 17th century, it's also commenting on our modern world and with lots of references to things that do not exist in the 17th century. Oh boy, yes, such as. Stan, um, who we'll get to later. Yeah, it's almost like everyone knows they're in a video game of some kind. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it's very, very funny. Um, I just I just love this. Uh, I just love this because it has two of the most... It has the background puzzle parody and the uh, grounding puzzle are two of my favorite all-time adventure game puzzles. They're just really friggin' funny. Right, back to back. So It's a great sequence. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that was that was the first trial. Uh, the second trial is also iconic, uh, and that is the swordplay trial. So uh, to beat this trial, you need to beat the swordmaster on the island. Uh, but first, you need to find her. Uh, so you have no idea where she is. She's in the forest somewhere. So you can uh, you find out that the only person on the island who knows where she lives is the shopkeeper. Uh, so you can ask the shopkeeper to uh, challenge her to a duel or for you and uh she will always say no but you can follow the shopkeeper uh to her secret hideout uh and then she will not fight you unless you train first so you have to uh you have to go to captain smirk and learn the secret of sword fighting which is your wit uh and this introduces one of the most iconic concepts from this game and one of the funniest concepts in video game history which is insult sword fighting yeah this was a a peak for the game for me A a very frustrating peak because uh I, I don't know if you knew this, but if you lose against the Swordmaster, she goes back into the hut and you have to find her again. And I didn't want to memorize the path, so I, I, had, I kept bothering the shopkeeper to show me the way. And uh, I, I, it took me three tries to beat her. Oh, no. <laughs> because I, uh, I, I, uh, um, 
she defeated me twice in a row. I didn't have enough responses. But the, mm-hmm. but the, the way this goes is uh, you learn a couple insults from Captain Smirk. Then you have to challenge other pirates uh, um, around Melee Island. Yeah, he and, tells uh, you you're not good. You need to go learn more. <laughs> yeah, but but you can't. Yeah, you only learn the the first half of a of an insult from uh from the randos around like the, you can mimic insults you've heard them say but you have to hear a different one say the response if you don't already know the response to yeah one. you have to learn both the insults themselves and the proper responses and you can only get one or the other per battle typically correct uh, so like this is kind of like grinding for blue magic in a final fantasy game <laughs> except except <laughs> a l- much more intricate and uh, the best part of it all is once you have um, a repertoire of uh, insults and responses, you can challenge the Swordmaster, and she has an entire set of sixteen different insults. But you, but each one of them has a corresponding response from the responses of the first set of insults. Yep. So you, you you learn sixteen insults and responses, and you use the responses from those sixteen to counter the Swordmaster's new sixteen. And I didn't check any guides for this other than that I knew that there were 16 total. And I, I tried once having only eight and she kicked my ass. Tried once where huh. I had 10 and she used five of the exact ones I didn't have. Oh, no. <laughs> and, then I, and then I tried again when I had, I think, 12 or 13. And I, uh, and I finally uh, uh, defeated Carla the Swordmaster. But mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was pretty impressed with the system. This is, it is super, super smart. And it's a... It's a puzzle that's almost entirely dialogue, but only really fits in a video game uh, and and especially perfectly into a adventure game or maybe maybe it could have worked in a text adventure game. But I'm it, it's it, it's so witty and clever, and I'm not sure I've seen anything like it in a game since. And this is a 1990 yep. uh, title. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's amazing. I, I, I want an entire game that's just insult, insult sword, sword fighting. fighting. I mean, when you think about the game, that is usually one of the first things you think of. And I love Carla. Like, I don't know. Like, as a side character, I don't know. Oh, I she's a great really side character. Her. Yeah, like. For example, just it just illustrating what uh, Slosi said about Carla. So I would argue the most famous insult from the game is you fight like a dairy farmer. How appropriate. You fight like a cow. Yes, exactly. Uh, but Carla might say, uh, I will milk every drop of blood from your body, to which you can respond with, well, how appropriate. You fight like a cow. <laughs> yep. They're, they're not always perfectly intuitive, but they but they they did a pretty good job, especially with the with the idea that they were trying to execute. Yeah, they're close. Um, so anyway, you go, you challenge the Swordmaster to a fight. Uh, she has her own unique insults. Uh, and you you beat her. And upon beating her, you get a t-shirt that says, I beat the Swordmaster of Monkey Island, and all I got is this stupid t-shirt. Um, just before we move on, I'm curious, what is, what are your favorite insults? Oh, geez. I can tell you the one that I didn't like was the diaper one. I was like, that that is a weak response. Uh, why? Do you want to borrow one? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that that implies that you also wear diapers. Just nah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is Guybrush. Some but... of the others are so good, though. <laughs> I know. I think my favorite is my favorite is uh, the old one. Uh, Soon you'll be wearing my sword like a shish kebab. Shish kebab. <laughs> well, first you better stop waving it around like a feather duster. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, how about you have the manners of a beggar? Well, I didn't want you to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's really good. Th- this mechanic comes back in the Curse of Monkey Island uh, with rhyming insults, but they're never as quite as clever as these. Some of these are just classic, classic lines from a iconic adventure game. I think I think my favorite is uh, "You're no match for my brains, you poor fool," and the comeback is "I'd be in real trouble if you ever used them." 
But then nope. when you uh, when you fight Carla, her version of that is uh, I am unmatched in in skill and wit. And then the the same comeback is, well, I'd be in real trouble if you ever use them. Mm-hmm. So it's like like that. That's the that's the kind of uh, of dichotomy you're working with here. Yeah, exactly. No one's ever drawn blood from me and nobody ever will. You run that, that fast. <laughs> and these like a lot of these have become running jokes in the entire series um, for good reason. Uh, apparently Orson Scott card came up with most of these insults, uh, the writer and yeah, Ender's game and who is a very problematic figure, but you know, some of these insults are very good. Um, so yeah, upon beating her, you get the t-shirt and then you can move on to treasure huntery, which I would argue is one of the, if you've completed the other two trials, this one is pretty easy to do because a lot of the puzzles you've probably figured out along the way. Um, so for treasure huntery, like most treasure hunts, you need a map and you need a shovel um, and you need money to buy both the map and the shovel. So you can uh, not spoiling the the solution, but you can you can get a part time job at the circus to get some money uh, to buy the map and shovel. Uh, and then you go to the woods and you follow the quote unquote map to find an X in the woods. You dig there and you get the lost treasure of Melee Island. That's a t-shirt. Of course it is. Yeah, I, I think they were taking the, I did such and such and all I got was this lousy t-shirt, uh, like 90s, the far side joke. Uh, um, they, they, they they worked it out as much as they could. Uh, no, they're they going to work it out a little bit further than that, believe it or not, if you keep oh, playing. Uh, yeah, they that's it's, it's a long running joke that it's, in this in this series, the long running joke is whatever you think the reward is, it's always going to be considerably more underwhelming than what it actually is. Um, so yeah, you get the T-shirt, and then if you get the T-shirt, we we then go to what uh, Solosi ended up seeing a little bit earlier, which is you return to uh, the pirate leaders to become a pirate, and you see Lechuk's ship sailing off on the horizon and vanishing. And upon going to the scum bar, the scum bar is now completely empty of pirates except for the crying cook. And the cook tells you that Elaine has been kidnapped uh, by LeChuck. Uh, and you ha- decide that it's your you have to go off and you need to rescue her. So you need to get a ship and a crew and figure out the way to Monkey Island. Um, and this is the last part of uh, part one. So the first crew member you need to get is Otis, who is a man of low moral repute in the jail. Uh, so you need to figure out a way to break him out. And this is the... This is the timing puzzle that we said is really kind of tricky if you're not using the original interface, which is... This was the hardest puzzle for me, at, at least for most of the game, um, un- until later on in Chapter 3, because you have to... First, you have to realize that Grog can burn through a metal padlock. Then you have to get some Grog from a not-easy-to-see nozzle in the kitchen and uh, and and have it switch... And have it the Grog transfer from one mug to the other, to the other so none of your mugs... Uh, uh, melt from the t- from the caustic grog. Yep, and it's it it, it is right. a little complicated. It's like press I for the inventory, then use mug on a on an empty mug to transfer the grog. And I I had to do it twice, but it, yep. I I managed to do it on my second attempt. Yep, same. It's much easier in classic mode. Not that it's easy, but it's it, the the actual mechanics of it are easier. I like the little graphic that they give you in in the remake mode, though. Um, so you can see just how much the grog is melting your mug. <laughs> <laughs> yep and then you you break otis out and then he's like he he delivers another classic monkey island line which is oh i'd love to join your oh look it's a three-headed monkey and you turn around and then otis runs off and you're like curses um 
Then you need, need to convince Carla, the swordmaster, to come with you, which is really easy. You just ask her, and she just says, "We'll, yep, I'll come along." So that yeah, that, that was the fourth or fifth time I had to bug the shopkeeper to show me the way to her, to her house. <laughs> oh, no. You don't need to, though. The house I is already- know. <laughs> oh, you know now. Okay, I know now. I didn't know then. <laughs> it's to be fair. It's kind of hard to see some of the landmarks on the on the maps sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, yeah, okay, that's a that's a big pain in the butt right there. I can't believe that you four times had to uh, ask the shopkeeper for help. Well, I, I did a fifth time as well, but but uh, that was just to lure him out of the uh, out of the house to, mm-hmm. um, uh, to to get to get the writ. But we can go into that in a second. Yeah, and then the third person is Meat Hook, who is uh, a pirate that has a talking tattoo on an island. Um, to get him, you are going to need what is arguably one of the most iconic Monkey Island inventory items which is the rubber chicken with a pulley in the middle because the 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 voodoo lady just thinks that this is an extremely useful thing that she gives out i guess and it is yep or it turns out to be uh yeah he's on an island just off melee island and to get to it you need to uh use it on a uh, rope bridge uh to get to the other side there's like a chicken crossing the chasm joke there somewhere yeah how the chicken cross the chasm with a rubber with a pulley um and then you you have to prove to him that you are a brave pirate, and you do it in a, a ridiculous way. Um, eh, can we spoil that a little bit? Oh, please go ahead. Okay, okay. So the the awful, terrifying creature that Meat Hook, the pirate with two hook hook hands, was terrified to face a second time, is in fact a parrot, and a which... fairly nice parrot too. <laughs> it seems like a, like a perfectly chill parrot that is not a horrendous uh, man eating monster that Meat Hook thinks it is. Right. Um, as, as someone whose family has owned parrots, though, I can tell you that that brought an extra layer of depth to that joke. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I've never owned a parrot, but I have been in a situation where I was terrorized by a parrot for like a week. Oh no. I was doing a, I was doing a show in, uh, in, uh, Barrie, Ontario. And, uh, I was very, uh, I was put up by a lovely family, uh, there and, uh, absolutely lovely house i knew the sun really well um and they had a parrot who had free run of the entire house couldn't fly just had free run of the house could run around everywhere um and this parrot hates anyone who wasn't uh this woman's son and hated me in particular oh, no. um yeah so whenever i would be on the ground floor which is where the kitchen and the entrance was i would just and i would i would the the parrot would chase me uh and normally this was a pain in the butt but it'd be even worse when i would get in at like one o'clock in the morning from doing the show and the entire house would be dark and it was hardwood floors so i'd like open the door and all i would hear is like (laughs) just like clicking on the hardwood floor as this parrot was running at me uh and i would have to climb the stairs as fast as possible because it couldn't climb the stairs so it's, for a full uh, week, I was just terrorized by this parrot. It sounds like Budget Jurassic Park or something. A little bit. Oh, no. oh yeah, they're yeah. I, they're, I think they're, that, they're I dinosaurs. Think that, I think that like see, yeah, exactly. Secretly, like um, chickens and parrots are very rude animals, and it's because deep down they remember that they used to be dinosaurs, and they haven't quite gotten over their current. I like, evolu- I like their, that their, idea. Their, their current evolutionary circumstances. It's like a cat still thinking it's a tiger. Anyway, um. So you get Meat Hook on your on your crew, and you have all three of them. Now you just need a ship. Uh, and this leads to one of the most iconic locations in the game, which is Stan's used ships. And Stan is a uh, a used ship salesman, which is a <sighs> he's a used car salesman. And, you know, fast talker, slick, always trying to rip you off, uh, get as much money as possible. He's a hilarious character. 
it's one of the funniest visual jokes in the thing, which is his, the pattern on his jacket, which is like <laughs> it's like a plaid pattern. Oh yeah, it's it, it, it's it's fixed, and so like it so it sort of doesn't move as he moves, which which, yeah. is, which is um uh, visually a little jarring. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's the layer of graphics, and there's just like a hole where his jacket is, and you just see like the background instead. Uh, yeah. it's it's a great joke. It's a great look. Um. Anyway, you, you discover that he has the legendary Sea Monkey, which is the only ship that has ever been to Monkey Island and back, um, which was crewed by a crew of monkeys um, and no humans. It was just crewed by monkeys. Uh, so you need to buy this ship. You don't have enough money. Uh, you need to, uh, well, basically commit fraud. You need to get the shopkeeper out of his uh, first you need to figure out the shopkeeper's combination to his safe. Then you need to get him out of his shop by asking him about the Swordmaster again. Uh, and then you can get a line of credit from the safe. Look, and then, I tried to tell him that I got a job with the Fettuccini brothers, but he wouldn't believe me. No, he kept asking whether or not I was, uh, what was their name? What were their names? Uh, something in Bob, I think. Yeah, um, I, th- I think, wasn't it like Alfredo and Bob or yeah. Al- Alfredo and Dave or something? But it's a, yeah. A, an easy but funny joke. Um, anyway, after you haggle with Stan for a while about the price, which is a another really good uh, dialogue puzzle where you need to actually learn how to haggle properly with a used car salesman. Oh, God, that was like peak awful 90s joke. Yeah, yeah, ah. you, you have to remove the extra fil- frills that he want that he's offering on the boat and then like and then yeah and then and then attempt to walk away from the sale to have him go down to the the value of the line of credit that you got from the shopkeeper. Yep. They, that you uh, stole from the shopkeeper, I should mention. Yes, you stole from the shopkeeper. Did anyone, okay, did anyone try to steal from the shopkeeper at the beginning, like the sword or the shovel? Uh, yeah, and then he just shows up again. Yep. I unintentionally did. I was doing the typical, like, oh, what can I take in here? I mean, that is a, if this was a Sierra game, you would it would have been uh, Link's Awakening yeah. uh, death right there. Like the yeah. shopkeeper just would have zapped you and you'd be dead. Or you, Or if it was Quest for Glory, you would have just been in jail and not been able to become a pirate because you were in jail. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then you uh, you have your ship, which is a piece of garbage. Uh, you have your crew, and you sail off to Monkey Island, sort of. And this ends our adventure on Melee Island. And I would argue that this is about the first half of the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the chapter one is about as long as the chapters two through four put together. Yep, yeah. I was I was watching the completion percentage, and it's at least like forty something percent. Mm-hmm. before you get out of this section yeah it's uh there, there's a lot to do on melee island and i mean we've only touched scratched the surface there's a lot of really really great characters on the island there's the voodoo lady who is an iconic character who is in every single entry of the series who quote-unquote helps skybrush but more often than not doesn't just gives him hints essentially about what he needs to do but not like hints on how to solve puzzles or anything just no. like hints on your next step uh who else is on there there's the men of low morals repute i think there are like three pirates who are just like on the side of the road who claim to be starting a circus but their elephant got scared off by a rat yep and then there's the, the shady map guy the, yep, the, shady, the shady map, map guy. salesman we, we talked about we talked about captain smirk and the and the voodoo lady yeah uh and uh oh we, i mean there's one thing that we glossed over a little bit um uh shine top the the sheriff isn't really a shine top the sheriff he's been LeChuck in disguise all along, like dun, keeping dun, an eye, on, keeping an eye on Melee Island. Yep, I I should have seen that coming because their voices are similar. But it was that was still a, a a nice surprise for me. Well, you know, if it were a Sierra game, he'd have like a gold glinting eye or something to clue you in. But you know, <laughs> yes, this is a. I would not call Monkey Island subtle, but 
We, we, we can't have the surprise twists of Freddy Farkas, Frontier Pharmacist. <laughs> I just think that's funny because that's one of the times where, like, Sierra very much does not, it completely does make that twist. I'm doing air quotes, obvious, in King's Quest Six. But anyway. And I mean... Uh- I suspect that throughout the the run of these uh, these episodes, we might get into a bit of a conversation about the differences between Sierra and LucasArts adventure games. Yeah, I've always been. I mean, I know that you were Sierra growing up. I'm, I've been a LucasArts kid. Um, it's the Pepsi and Coke, the Nintendo and Sega, uh, like rivalry kind of thing. Which one is better? Where they're both pretty awesome, but it just kind of falls down to taste and brand loyalty. Pretty much. Yeah. I like. I mean. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I have played both. I like both. Yeah, I, I like both too. I just find LucasArts Adventure games a lot less frustrating because right. they've removed the death mechanic. Unquestionably, LucasArts games are easier to play. <laughs> uh, that, that being said, there are there are some funny moments where in Sierra games you can, you know, die by hilarious means. Yep. Which are jokes in and of themselves. But I mean, LucasArts Adventure games sort of do that, including the Monkey Island games. Like yes. there's a brilliant joke in The Curse of Monkey Island where you have to die in order to progress in the game. Anyway, so uh, let's move on to part two, which is the journey. Uh, really, really short little chapter. Um, so you're on your you're on your way to Monkey Island, uh, but your crew quickly mutinies and wants nothing to do with you or the quest. They just want to sunbathe. Uh, so it's up to you to get to Monkey Island. Uh, you find the ship's old log, uh, and inside it says that uh, the map that they were given was actually a recipe, which was ridiculous. Uh, and the first mate eventually cooks a soup, and then... The captain and first mate just, they wake up on Monkey Island, uh, just off Monkey Island. So you must collect ingredients from around the ship or reasonable substitutions to make the soup. Uh, And then once you make the soup, you pass out and then you wake up a few days later uh, and Monkey Island is just outside. Uh, And then you need to figure out how to get to the ship to the, from the ship to the island. Uh, And I'm just going to say that your work experience at the circus prepared you for this puzzle. Yeah. Sure did. I, I was a little bit stuck on this until I realized I had to take a pot and use it as a helmet again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you went, ah, again? Yeah, it's a, nice, it's a nice little moment of continuity there, though. And, and also, to finish that puzzle, you have to get prepared and click on the tip of the cannon before the fuse goes out, which was which took me a couple tries. <laughs> that took me a couple tries, too, because I forgot that the the like tip of the cannon was a separate thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the the fuse end of the cannon and the nozzle end of the cannon are yep. are, se- are separate clickables, which you I you know I had to I had to figure out there was there was a learning curve. Yeah, that's a classic pixel hunting adventure game problem, which was it was a major problem back then. It was you know hot spots were hard to see sometimes and not all that intuitive. That being said, I like these puzzles because it's a very it's a confined space, unlike. Unlike Melee, which was a, you know, there are tons and tons of uh, locations mm-hmm. where you need to collect things. On the ship, there's just, there's the deck, the kitchen, the, the bedroom, and the hole. And the captain's quarters, yeah. And the captain quarters. So there's only five locations. Uh, wait, no, there's also the uh, the crow's nest. So there's six locations, six screens where you can be on. So it really does limit uh, limit the environment. So you know that everything you need to get off this ship and get to Monkey Island is within these six rooms. So it's a nice, and for me anyway, it's a nice change of gameplay from the the expansive nature of the island. But then you, uh, after after you fire yourself off in the cannon, you find yourself on, in another expansive environment, which is cons- another island, but is considerably less populated than Melee, which is Monkey Island. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you're on the island, you meet some of the citizens, 
uh, Herman Toothrot, who is a hermit who was the first mate at the Sea Monkey many years ago and was stranded on the island. Uh, right, and the one who cooked the soup. And the one who cooked the soup and the one who trained a crew of monkeys to sail the, uh, <laughs> the good ship Sea Monkey back to Melee. But he did not want to be on that ship because he didn't want to be in a ship full of monkeys. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah he, 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 he devised a perfect means for getting back to Melee Island and then didn't do it because monkeys are smelly, which is, I mean, that, that, which is a choice. I mean, I sort of see where he's coming from. <laughs> they are smelly. Um, there are also the, uh, the cannibals uh, on the island who are actually trying to cut meat out of their diets for health reasons. Uh, and there is a single solitary monkey. Uh, on the island best character in the game the, yeah. the, the, incredibly loyal friend he will hang on that switch for the entire rest of the game even if the rest of the actions you need to take take hours rest of the game try rest of the series oh no oh no do you, do you go back there and like in like the 2009 telltale game and he's still hanging from that switch just chilling <laughs> uh, it's, it's a joke and curse um what a what a good monkey yeah, it was a very yes. good monkey. And there, there's a number of locations around the island, including the, the cannibal uh, village. The most iconic uh, location on the island is the uh, the second biggest monkey head you've ever seen, uh, which is exactly what it sounds right, like. the eponymous monkey. Uh, and LeChuck's lair is inside the monkey head, so you need to figure out a way in. Uh, Herman Toothrot turns out he has the key to the monkey head. Uh, he stole it from the cannibals because they uh, will not return his banana picker. So you need to get the banana picker from the cannibals, preferably without being eaten. Uh, and you also need some, uh, to, to make friends with the monkey, you need a whole bunch of bananas. So you yep. steal bananas from the village uh, and they catch you and you're captured and you must escape and then learn how to gain the forgiveness of the cannibals for then stealing their bananas. And But, but, to, but to get some of the other bananas, you have to smash the banana tree near the beach where you landed. And to do that, <laughs> you, need, to do that you need to find the, cana- the catapult that's at the top of a mountain and aim it so it's pointed at the tree and not your ship. Yep. Um, yeah, right. you, ca- you can destroy your ship, which Guybrush feels slightly guilty about probably less guilty than if there wasn't a mutiny right this was a point of the this was a part of the game where i got a little stuck like i had found the oars and mm-hmm. found the rope and uh and found a lot of the things i needed in the island and i did get captured by the cannibals and, and get out again but i didn't know about uh to get the last two bananas about the about the uh, right. catapult so and I, and I didn't know that you had to use the push and pull verbs on the catapult mm-hmm. to adjust the aim so so i looked it up and it told me what to do and i Thankfully, I I, uh, I got it right the first time because I was following a guide at that point. I, mm-hmm. I did destroy my ship, but then that actually kind of reminded me like, oh, I have to aim this thing. Right. I remember <laughs> this now. It's a great joke because you it's one of it's a moment where it doesn't really change anything, but it does change a cutscene where if you destroy the ship later when you need to get off Monkey Island, uh, you're end up you're going to get a cutscene between uh, one of the ghost pirates and Herman Toothrot who and Herman's like, hey, I have a ship. And you're like, why are you, if you have a ship, why are you stranded on the island? And he's like, because I was stranded. I can't just take my own ship. That defeats the whole purpose of being a, a castaway stranded. Anyway, it's a funny joke. But if you didn't destroy your ship, then your crew shows up and they turn out they know the ghost pirate and you all go back together. Oh, uh, this section also contains uh, probably the biggest Sierra joke in the entire game, which is in that area near the, like at the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. Near the top part of the catapult, if you walk to the far section of cliff, right along the edge, part of the cliff will fall away and Guybrush will fall 
<laughs> and you will get a Sierra style like, oh no, you totally messed up. I hope you saved your game. And it gives you the, you know, like restore, quit options in, in kind of the Sierra text style. Mm-hmm. But then Guybrush bounces back up and he just says, rubber tree. And you just yep. go on your way. This is, it's a, it's a tiny spoiler, but there is a payoff to that joke in Return to Monkey Island. That's oh, a great one. I'm excited. It's a great payoff uh, to that joke. A 32 years set up, set up and payoff. <laughs> Honestly, that's that basically sums up Return to Monkey Island. Like, there's so many payoffs in that game. It's great. Uh, I'll talk about it just at the very end, uh, briefly. Um, anyway, so after you you have to get forgiveness from the cannibals, and the way you do so is you go to the you go to the monkey head and you steal one of the little uh, idols that are in front of the monkey head that they put there, and you claim it as your own. And they you give it back to them and they say, wow, thanks. This is a really, really cool idol. It even has my name on it. And then you also discover that they have the ability to destroy ghosts. Uh, and it is by using a special, uh, very rare voodoo root uh, that they distill into a, a special elixir. Um, and But the problem is it was taken. It was stolen by LeChuck. So now not only do you need to get Elaine back, but you also need to get the voodoo root to create this uh, this elixir in order to destroy the ghosts. Um, so anyway, uh, long story short, you have their friendship, you get back the banana picker, you can give it to Herman Toothrot, who then gives you a giant Q-tip. Uh, it's vitally important at this point that we accept, uh, you should never, ever stick a Q-tip into your Correct. ear, audience. This is, <laughs> you, you do not do it. This is very, very dangerous. You can deafen yourself they are for out of ear use only there are earwax uh draining and extracting kits that you can find that are much better than q-tips at no point do we at no point do any of us here at rpg fan or retro encounter advocate putting a q-tip into your ear anyway you shove the q-tip into the monkey's ear and wiggle it around and it opens its mouth so it's the key um you unlock the giant monkey head and you find yourself in hell and it's a maze so then you need to figure out a way to navigate this maze. And the secret is that the cannibals have a shrunken, uh, the shrunken head of a navigator. Um, you need to get it through a series of, you, you give them some literature you got earlier in the game, random uh, inventory puzzle, <laughs> uh. which is a good one. It, it's a funny joke where it's uh, how to get ahead in navigation. And you give them this pamphlet and they're like, hey, this will tell us how to get a new head. We can give them our old one. Terrible. Mm, nice funny. pun. Yeah, yep. I hope you don't mind me saying, but the the Q-tip thing actually reminded me of a small ridiculous thing in the first Quest for Glory game, I think, where uh, if you're the thief class, you get lockpicks and you can actually use them on your nose. Um, <laughs> but it it causes a death scene, <laughs> or there's a chance there's a chance you will make yourself hemorrhage if your lockpicking <laughs> skill is not high enough. <laughs> I got this scar on my face during a mighty struggle. I hope yeah. you've learned to stop picking your nose. Exactly. I, I wish there was a way to do that in the Elder Scrolls games. Like if you if you, <laughs> if you use a lockpick on yourself, you, you lockpick your nose. And if your lockpicking skill is too low, you can damage or kill yourself. That 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 seems like a missed opportunity. <laughs> it's it's a good gag. Um. Anyway, once you get the navigator's head, you you can then navigate through hell by looking at which way he this uh, navigator's head is looking. Uh, then you have to get the navigator's head uh, head's necklace of eyes that will make you invisible to the ghosts, and uh, you will find the ghost ship. 
I, I think this this is my favorite puzzle sequence in the game because it it made a little bit more sense to me than melting through a padlock with Grog, mm-hmm. and uh, um, it, it wasn't a huge space to navigate in, so it, like uh, there there was a little bit of backtracking, but nothing obnoxious. No, it's very similar to the puzzle sequence on the Sea Monkey. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I, I, I sort of like this one more than the one on the Sea Monkey, but uh, and and, and the, the, there's a lot of you know like 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 pirate chicanery and um, and sneaking around. That was that was fun, but I have to admit I did not know to use the compass on the wall, on the key in the wall. That's it. Yeah, that, that was such a weird callback. The compass is some is a magnetic compass that it's a one off joke. Yeah, it's a one off joke that Stan the this the used ship salesman gives you as a trinket, but it, it's the way to get the key off the wall without distracting LeChuck. <laughs> I was so proud of myself because you I did get be. it because I I was look I looked at my inventory frequently and I noticed the like warning contains a strong magnet that will interfere with navigational equipment so I was like okay <sighs> I need to use this somewhere Hillary did it the real way I I'm not, <laughs> I'm not I'm not as smart as cool or as cool as you Oh no I also I I mean I've played it before so that probably Plactered into it too, but I've played it several times before and I still forgot the solution to this stupid puzzle. This is the one where I got the solution and then immediately was like, this is where I got stuck the first time I played the game. Damn it. Um, I didn't go to a walkthrough. I used the hint system. Oh yeah. The 2009 version has a a fairly robust hint system. Uh, which I appreciate. Yeah. The hint was like, how are you going to get to the key without actually touching it? And I was like, how do you get to a key with it? Well, if I had a mag, no, no. Yeah. Anyway, uh, after a series of events, you uh, you manage to get the route. Uh, you take it to the cannibals. They give you a setzer bottle full of a a uh, fizzy mix with the route. Um, and then you go to return to the ship to kick butt, and you discover that it's gone. Uh, and in fact, uh, LeChuck has taken the ship with Elaine back to Melee Island to get married to Elaine. Um, then you have, there's th- this cutscene again differs depending on uh, your choices, whether or not you accidentally stranded your crew on Monkey Island or not, um, and then yeah, you uh, you get you head back to Melee Island, a very a, a very a smaller version of Melee, Melee Island, I guess you could say, because there's not as many locations in this version. And then there's the last part, which is Guybrush kicks butt, um, which is I, I, the shortest part of the game, but probably one of the most action packed. I just want to say really quickly before we move on, if that's okay, I Please. really really appreciated the way. LeChuck and the ghost pirates looked like in in the remake version i don't know i just really like their design i love the the skeleton crew like hanging around playing music <laughs> the music in that section i mean i know we said the soundtrack was good but like the ghost pirate music was awesome yep i, I think it's hilarious too that all of the animals on the ship like the dogs the chickens <gasps> the, the pigs farm. <laughs> the, the the rats they're all ghosts yes yeah you managed to kill a ghost rat or i guess kill it twice by uh by, by by feeding it yeah by feeding it some of the grog from the pirates which you need to you don't kill anything it the, the rat is unconscious so oh, okay <laughs> all right yeah i forgot no Did we no not animal... learn our lesson from the piranha that's right pools? yeah no no animals are harmed in the making of this game how I, I i forgot i i thought that you had managed to kill a ghost twice without use of the of the uh let, let's say the carbonated root-based beverage mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a great joke Again, that's a run. This becomes a running joke throughout the entire series, which is pretty damn funny. Um, are there is there anything either of you would like to say about your adventure on Monkey Island before we move on to Guybrush kicks butt? I, I thought parts of it were fun. I, I really liked the civilized cannibals uh, 
and I didn't mind the, the the trading parts of it. But my favorite was the end with uh, uh, navigating the cave with the with the navigator head and, uh, mm. and solving the puzzle in the ghost pirate ship. Can I, I have I, your necklace? I, I, I no, but thanks please. for asking politely. <laughs> Sorry. Then you have to you have to say please. What was it like four times? But the uh, <laughs> or um, no, you can also threaten to drop kick him into the lava. Oh, what? No, I just said I just said please over and over. <laughs> if you if you threaten to drop kick him into the lava, he's like hmm, okay. But uh, y- yeah, I, I thought I, I liked this chapter, but I the parts where you're fig- figuring out what to do in the different sites in the jungle got a little tiresome because you walk around the world map so slowly. Yeah, and the uh, eventually you get a rowboat and you have to go around the entire island to get yeah. to the cannibals' yeah, yeah. village, and it's a little awkward. It would be, it would have been nice if there could have been a shortcut that opened up when you got to the other side. Yeah, that would have been nice. Like, like, oh, like the one to the Swordmaster's house that yep. I didn't know about until after I beat the game. <laughs> y- that, yes, one. that one. Yes, yep. <laughs> yep, just like that shortcut. Uh, let's see. I, I enjoyed offering everything in my inventory to the monkey. Yeah, to, to make friends. Yes. Also, I forgot that it was exactly five bananas for him. Um, so I, I got mm. a little impatient. It's like, ah. Oh, it's uh, two bananas in the tree, two bananas from the... Uh, village and where was the last banana? The the first one is actually just on the beach when you. Oh, it's up. just on the beach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to add, you have to add, give him all four. Otherwise, he'll only follow you. He'll follow you a very short distance unless you give him all of the bananas. In which case, he'll follow you to the ends of the earth and beyond. Anyway, so we get back to Melee Island. Uh, as soon as Guybrush arrives on Melee Island, he's confronted by a ghost pirate. Um, and you can dispatch him with your uh your carbonated root based beverage. Um, then you run into another one and there's an easy, easiest puzzle solution in the game. Just, uh, let's just call it root beer for fun. Um, you get to the church to save Elaine only to discover that she has already rescued herself because realistically speaking, Elaine is a much, much, much more capable hero and pirate and generally human being than you are as Guybrush. Um, and in fact, it turns out that you showing up screwed up her plan. Uh, and, uh, there's there's a bride next to LeChuck and you're like, well, if you're here, who's that? And the gown gets thrown aside and it's it's two monkeys with holding a two monkeys holding a jug of root beer. Um and they run off and Elaine's like, ah, darn it, Guybrush, I have to now I have to get the root beer back. Uh and you are left alone with LeChuck, who is very angry with you. And uh and will literally punch you across the island, sending your root beer flying. Yeah, he he sure you can do minimum of three <laughs> times uh, around different sites along the island. And I think the the final puzzle of the game is like seeing the root beer on the ground. And while he's winding up his next uppercut, you have to grab the root beer, use the root beer, throw uh, apply the root beer to LeChuck. It turns out that it's not that rare a root. It's just root beer in general yeah, will kill the, ghosts, which the, is a great joke. Yeah, I, I think the, the voodoo ghost-killing root is just sassafras. So it's... Yep. <laughs> yeah, you just need a, a classically mixed root beer is, uh, you know, the, the key go. anti-ingredient for mm-hmm. all ghosts and zombies. Which I guess means birch, birch beer won't, won't work? Probably not. You know, you know, you know. If if birch beer is easier to obtain, bring along proper root beer anyway. Just, just in case. J- just in case. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> yep. Uh, the joke is that you uh, there's a a grog machine which looks like a coke uh, vending machine uh, at stands used ships. Yep. Uh, and you you get punched through it. You land in it, uh, and it knocks out a can. And then you can shake the can up and spray 
Lachuk, uh, who then explodes several times. And then you are left watching the fireworks by the dock with your love, Elaine. And the end. And that is the end of The Secret of Monkey Island. Um, did you guys get stuck on the last part? Like, I, this is this is the kind of thing, like, once you know the solution to the ending, it's not challenging at all. It's pick up root beer, spray LeChuck. The timing messed me up. I think I had to do it twice. Just, I don't know. I don't know if I was mm-hmm. tired or, or what. But, yeah, a little. <laughs> I managed to do it for the first time. But to be fair, when uh, way earlier in the game, when we were talking to Stan to get the boat, I had noticed that uh, vending machine with that that says grog in the Coca-Cola script on it. And then when I was trying to get find the grog for the mugs to melt the padlock, I went there first. I, I uh-huh. thought I could get grog from from uh-huh. uh, from the, the Coca grog machine, which d- didn't work. But uh, so I, like I was it was very clear to me the the soda bottle popping out of the vending machine. And, and as a RPG fans, number one connoisseur of vending machines, I was very, <laughs> very aware of it. Yay. Uh, listeners, for those of you that don't know, I wrote a feature about vending machines and RPGs a few years ago, and I'm still extremely proud of it. It will be linked to in the show notes. So that is the end of The Secret of Monkey Island. Um, I mean, I I love this game. I think it's brilliantly written. I think it has some of the best puzzles in adventure game history uh, because not they're not just like really good inventory puzzles, but there's also some great uh, dialogue puzzles, uh, some great uh, like observation puzzles. It's just a really, really well-balanced game and the fact there is no way to kill yourself unless you really really want to uh means that if you get stuck somewhere it can be frustrating but you know there's a solution you know there's a solution somewhere uh so it's i find it difficult to become uh to lose motivation to complete this uh this kind of game especially when the puzzles are as funny as this uh hillary what were your thoughts about the game was there anything that bugged you or anything that you particularly loved about it um, I have good things to say, honestly, overall. I I mean, having played it before, I know it's a really, really special game and I still adore it. Um, I honestly, the thing that struck me most was the variety of the puzzles, because a lot of times when you do think of, you know, graphic adventures or like point and clicks, things like that, you think of inventory object puzzles. So seeing one, you know, from this era early on, I guess you could say kind of in their trajectory and their development with this cool variety of puzzles with dialogue, you know, some callbacks to earlier puzzles and to see everything just kind of laid out so that it wasn't super frustrating. If you think, if you think back enough, it is, I think a lot of the solutions are clear. Um, Mm -hmm. And to see that in a game that's so early was still really impressive to me i mean a a lot of these games uh, of this era and i I would include full throttle and uh, grim fandango in this have solutions that in the moment the logic seems insane but when you look back on it it Mm -hmm. sort of makes sense in retrospect it's it's a very specific kind of game logic that i think you you won't really grasp until you've played a couple of these and sort of know how they run Mm -hmm. but uh but i i don't think that um secret of monkey island was too unfair ever like, no. like, like, it, like, again, some of the sol- puzzle solutions were a little bit weird or ultra specific. Hmm. Um, and uh, I didn't want to spend the time just clicking everything with, uh, with everything else to find those solutions. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I had fun. I mean, this game absolutely is full of charm. A lot of the puzzle ideas, while maybe frustrating in the moment, are really are, are, are sort of 
adorably clever. Uh, it's a very funny game. There's a lot of amusing dialogue. Like mm-hmm. like some of the jokes are maybe a little corny in 2022, but I but I'm I almost think of like them being like the 1990 versions of 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 yeah a game that's sort of full of meme style jokes. Uh, but yeah. But 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 like like they're better than meme style jokes. But like if this if people like this from making a game like this in 2022, it, it would yep. be full of memes. But uh, but no, these are genuinely funny people with creative game ideas and great dialogue, and it all sort of came together for a, a highly entertaining game. I I did need to use a guide multiple times, uh, but in uh, my my total play time was I think around uh, seven hours. But it would have been if you're speed running this, I'm sure yeah. someone can do it in three or way faster. Uh, especially if you don't do like I did and have to call the shopkeeper to lead you to the swordmaster's house four times. <laughs> um, yeah, three, that, that three, does yeah. tend to add a little bit of uh, a little bit of time to yeah, it. Yeah, three times for for sword fights and a fourth time to recruit her to the team. Look, he he's he's getting older. Okay, he can't get there super quickly. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, no, this was a an absolute blast. I'm glad I finally played it, and uh, and I am now um, definitely interested in my copy of Monkey Island Two that has been sitting in my Steam Steam library for a while. Yay! Monkey Island Two is probably my favorite one in the series it does i mean it's a perfect sequel um in so many ways but one thing i will warn you about solosi is that uh, the adventure game logic that you were talking about earlier goes to insane lengths in this game can i'm I, gonna I, have my phone open to a guide at all times do you want me to can i just spoil a puzzle for you sure <laughs> because it's the most frustrating puzzle in the game which is insane there is a monkey playing a piano at some point okay Great. You need to put a banana on the metronome to hypnotize the monkey in the form of him playing the piano. Take the monkey, put him in your inventory, and then use the monkey as a monkey wrench to turn off the flow of water at a waterfall. But of course. Ah, of course. Yes. <laughs> yes. You didn't need to spoil that for me. I would have figured that out on my own and understood every uh, every mm-hmm. step <laughs> in the process immediately. I think adventure game logic is highly dependent on the style of the game. You really need to get into the mindset and the sense of humor or uh, general presentation of an adventure game in order to sometimes make sense of the logic. And Monkey Island has a very specific way of looking at the world. It's similar in in many ways, like uh, Day of the Tentacle, for example, to, to solve many of the puzzles in that game, the puzzles make sense, but only if you put yourself in the mindset of a cartoon, like a Warner, like a Warner brothers style cartoon from like the 1940s. Sure. Yeah, or it's Sam and Max. You need to put yourself in the mindset of a sociopath. <laughs> one question, though. This piano-playing hypnotized monkey, how many heads does it have? Only one. All right. um, but you will see maybe some three-headed monkeys in future entries of the series. Oh, I saw Yay. a three-headed monkey in the, in this entry of the series. And, like, so when you're escaping from the, from the cannibals, you can even tell them, hey, look, a three-headed monkey which is maybe the third or fourth three-headed monkey joke you find in this game. And then what happens when you finally leave the village for the last time? There's an actual three-headed monkey. This game sets up so much and pays off most of it, which is is very impressive. Impressive continuity, yeah. Speaking of impressive continuity, uh, for those who are listening, Return to Monkey Island was recently released. This is a... uh, I'm just going to... I'm not going to go into detail here because we're running out of time, but Return to Monkey Island is... Uh, Ron Gilbert and Dave Grossman returning to Monkey Island for the first time since Monkey Island 2. For years, uh, he was saying that I, you know, he didn't agree with the direction that other people uh, in LucasArts took the Monkey Island series with Curse of Monkey Island. Like he had very, uh, very defined opinions about where the series should go. 
And he wishes that he could come back and do his version of Monkey Island 3. And uh, that's not what this is. Um, instead, he actually, he took everything that happened before, everything is in continuity, sort of. It's a loose continuity because it's Monkey Island. But like he didn't ignore anything that came before. He took the, the best bits of all of the games and sort of distilled them into this very modern experience with a, uh, a refined point-and-click interface. Um, the actors, they're all back. Dominic is back as Guybrush again. And it really does push the series forward in a way that hasn't really been there since uh, Monkey Island 2. It's honestly one of the most special games I've played in recent memory, just because it's not just a payoff to many of the jokes uh, and and references from the other series. It's a payoff to many of the themes and uh, and how how the and Guybrush's overall journey that he took through the first two games and beyond. If you've played uh, these games and you haven't played, let, okay, there's there's five of them so far. Ignoring that, there's Secret of Monkey Island, The Chuck's Revenge, Monkey Island 2, The Curse of Monkey Island, Escape from Monkey Island, and the Telltale Adventure Game episodic series, Tales of Monkey Island. Um, if you want to play Return to Monkey Island, I would highly recommend you play the second and third game of the series. So play... Uh, LeChuck's Revenge and Curse of Monkey Island. You don't have to play Escape and you don't have to play the Telltale games. The Telltale games are good. Escape has some interface problems, but like the whole series is worth playing. But if you really want to get the most out of Return to Monkey Island, play the first three games. Um, it's it's a really good sequel. It's, it's a really... I'm not going to lie. The ending of it uh, is still with me because it ends in a very, uh, a very uh, Gilbert fashion. Um, it, I, I recommend it. I'm... I wrote a review for it. The review probably will be up by the time this podcast goes up as well. So, and if not, it will be uh, shortly thereafter. So yeah, if you're curious about the return of Monkey Island, uh, I highly recommend it. It, it looks, sounds and plays incredible. It's a brilliant resolution to everything that uh, was introduced in this and all of the other games in the series. Uh, really highly recommend it. Anyway, so that is the end of our first part of adventure game month. We have other parts coming up soon. So next week, we are coming at you with a... Uh, what's the order, Slosey? Uh Secret of Monkey Island, then The Wolf Among Us, then Broken Age, and then The Quarry. So it's going to be uh, Gilbert, Wolves, Schaefer, Wolves. Yes. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Uh, it. So yeah, we have a, we're going to have a nice mix. So uh, Wolf Among Us is a Telltale adventure game uh, episodic series, one of the types that was very popular a few years ago before Telltale went under. They're back now, but went before they went under. Uh, it's based on the uh, Fables comic book series, which is an amazing comic book series. Uh, and then Broken Age is a return of adventure games, classic adventure games uh, from Tim Schafer, the creator of, well, actually one of the writers of the dialogue in Secret of Monkey Island and the creator of uh, Day of the Tentacle and many, many other famous adventure games. And then The Quarry, which is a cinematic uh, adventure, which is very different from uh, point-and-click adventure games, but is still in the adventure game genre. So we have something for everybody coming up. Yeah, and uh, The Quarry was our choice for the last one because uh, that episode is going to air a couple days before Halloween, and it's uh, in the supermassive games oeuvre of uh, cinematic ad adventure games, which has been um, a moderately successful horror revival uh, of, the, of the 2010s. And um, uh, Peter and I played a couple... Supermassive games for the podcast before uh, a couple of years ago we played until dawn and uh earlier this year we played um little hope so this is sort of a 
part three of the uh, Solosi and Peter play horror adventures <laughs> miniseries, and also it's capping off our autumn of adventure for 2022. It's good that we're representing horror adventure somewhere here too, and yay Halloween! Oh yeah, there's some there's some great horror adventure games out there. Um, I think some of the best horror adventure games I ever played were actually uh, indie freeware games from uh, Yahtzee. Uh, the guy who does zero punctuation. Oh yeah, Be- yeah, Ben Croshaw. He he's developed a couple uh, horror games over the years. That's right. Yeah, his horror games are actually uh, pretty damn scary. They're really great uh, point and click adventure games too, but they're they're pretty solid. Anyway, um, so uh, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to email us some of your thoughts or you have ideas for future episodes, anything like that, please send us an email here at Retro Encounter at retro at rpgfan or you can comment on the boards. You can visit our Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, Discord. We have tw- Twitch streaming every day here at RPG Fan. Uh, we also have two other podcasts here at RPG Fan, one of which is Random Encounter, and I am the host of Random Encounter. Uh, it's bi-weekly every second Monday. Uh, we talk about uh, news, uh, current features, and reviews that are up on the site. So basically anything that's currently going on is what we do at uh, Random Encounter. We also occasionally do uh, book reviews for video game books. And uh, Hillary and I have one of those coming up, and we are pretty excited for it for another episode Mm -hmm. of Random Book Club. Uh, We also have Rhythm Encounter, which is RPG Fans' music podcast, uh, hosted by our fearless leader, Mike Salvato, and Hillary. Um, What was was the last episode that we did there? Probably the Wild Hearts episode from the end of September. Yeah, so that is the next one that's going to be releasing as of this recording. Yep, so that's going to be Wild Arms and Shadow Hearts. Yep. To spotlight the recent Kickstarter. Uh, it was a really fun episode to do. Some great music there, too. Oh, we're going to talk about some future episodes of Rhythm? Yeah. I know one of them because uh, we've already planned out some of the selections for it. What is the episode? Uh, in advance of Halloween, we're going to have a Rhythm Encounter episode that is all Castlevania, Castlevania all yep. the time. Oh. Uh, yeah. So um, coming up for Rhythm, uh, we have a composer episode in the works that's Masafumi Takata. And then we have Castlevania to also kind of celebrate spooky things and Halloween. And then it looks like after that, we're doing another series episode um, with Pokemon. Gotta catch all the songs. Gotta catch all the songs. And, and you know, I mean, while we're previewing fu- future episodes, I don't mind saying this um, because we're into October by now. Uh, uh, we have November all planned out, too, for Retro Encounter, Jono. Oh, God, do we ever. Uh, we have episode 350, which is going to be a special surprise. We have not quite recorded that yet. But then <laughs> the rest of November uh, is d- to fit along with N7. We're going to do three episodes on the Mass Effect trilogy. Which is super exciting. Uh, we've mm. been uh, we've been playing through the Mass Effect games. I played through all three for the first time, and I just love them. I played and- all through, uh, excuse me, I played through all three of them uh, for the first time since 2012, and it has been a total delight going back to them. I am. Uh, I haven't finished my Mass Effect Three run yet because that episode is not going to be for over a month. But mm-hmm. uh, Mass Effect One and Two were absolute joys. Yep. And I mean, the episodes we already know how they're going to go, right? First one's going to be good. Second one's going to be great. Third one's going to be great. But then we're just going to totally fumble the ending of the episode. Yeah, it's always the dark middle chapter that's the best in a podcast series. Yep, that's what I feel. The encounter strikes back, as it were. And I mean, those are some great podcasts, but we're here at Retro Encounter. So uh, if you want to, you can stop on iTunes, Google Play, whatever your podcast listening venue of choice is, and you can review us. We love some feedback. You can find us on Twitter. Most social media is at RPGFan.com and RPGFan pretty much everywhere else. Uh, and well, I would like to thank both of you for joining me today. Slosi, thank you for allowing me to host this episode. I 
love Monkey Island, so it was it really meant a lot to me that I got to host this. So thank you. You're welcome. Yay. I mean, I mean, I mean, when we picked this game for the podcast, you were the absolute natural fit. And no, no question. For uh, yeah, as a uh, as a super fan of this game, and and I, but I wanted to be on the panel stills to you know share my first experience with it as well. I'm really glad you were. And Hillary, always a pleasure to talk about adventure games with you, and I really look forward to doing it two more times this month. Yep, I know. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm excited. And to everyone out there who has listened to us, good night and good luck.